Welcome to West Virginia Uncommonplace. Today is one of those days where, um, you know, we got a little snow coming down out here in West Virginia. Um, my guest, I'm going to ask him if, there's, if it's snowing out there. Probably already got snow where he's at. Um, my guest today is Frank Anthony from Let Me Be Frank. He has a podcast that is innovative. I don't say revolutionary for anything, but I'm going to give him an innovation to what he does. And um, this is one of our podcast collide episodes. Um, and on these, you know, we tackle the deal of, hey, you've got a podcast. Your podcast is really awesome. Come to my podcast. We'll collaborate and we will um, enlighten people on this podcast that don't know about it. And people that know about it, we'll give them a refresher on this podcast. So, Frank, please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, thank you so much for, you know, checking out my podcast. I do want to add before I get into myself that I really because I don't know if guests say this on your show, but I really personally appreciate all of the shout outs you've done for my show. It means a lot. Um, it just, yeah, it means a lot. Like even just one, one shout out from one person, um, people might not think that's not really doing a lot, but it really does. It helps a lot just to circulate and stuff. So I just want to say a personal thank you for doing that all the times that you did. That was really cool of you to do. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, one thing I'll add in on that is um, we do the shout outs because of this one thing. And, and, I, and I say on my podcast and um, the virtual assistants and anybody else that helps me with things. Um, I personally take detail into everybody's podcast. Like I told you, I got to get five episodes deep into you and your quality. We'll get into the details of what you do to make you this quality that I like and that quite a few people like, even my mother, you're, um, here's a quick deal real quick. My mom, she's real strong into a podcast. Uh, I gave her mine. I gave her yours. I gave her another one. Uh, some ladies in um, Massachusetts, a uh, wicked spiritual. And she listens to her, their podcast. Number one, she listens to yours. Number two. And I slid into the third place. And um, this happened just because she was like, man, it's really refreshing. She's like, you just do question, answer, question, answer. And then a surprise once in a blue moon with me. So I definitely want to uh, tell you, thank you on that. And thank you for being part of the craft. It takes a lot of hard work to do what you do. Um, that's why I don't mind shouting out anyone that takes time and goes into their craft. When you listen to it and all the presentation, um, the sound, the quality, it's all there. You have the it factor. And a lot of people don't get to hear that. And then when they do hear it, they take it the wrong way. They're like, oh, I got the it factor or whatever. But you, you don't even seem to get big headed over that. You just, you've kept with what you're doing. So let's dig into everything. Tell everybody about your podcast real quick. Okay. So um, yeah, my podcast is called Let Me Be Frank. And I added with Frank Anthony because it was getting a little bit hard for certain people to find my podcast and um, just a huge tip if for people, I'm assuming people who have podcasts listen to this show. So very, very, very big piece of advice, research the name of your show. Like as you're just starting one, research the name. I did not. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I didn't realize there was already a few shows called Let Me Be Frank out there. When you are competing with a few other shows with a similar name or the same exact name it's just harder to find that show and it's, it's harder for the show to sometimes be successful because it could be a really great show but people aren't able to find it because of like searches and stuff like that it's really important to um you know have like some sort of uniqueness with your name of the show obviously so um so that was something i never did <laughs> because i didn't <laughs> know 
I didn't really know what this was going to be. Personally, when I started, I started this podcast May, May 1st or May 5th, right at the beginning of May of 2020. I had, um, I was a retail manager before podcasting and always trying to write a book, but never finishing. And I, I ended up um, not working, you know, with the whole pandemic and everything, things were shutting down and I wasn't working anymore. And just, and I felt like I needed to do something. I couldn't just, um, I don't know, I couldn't just like sit around or anything like that. And I started guest starring on one of my friend's podcasts a few times. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I never really had a passion for podcasts before guest starring. I never really listened to those. I was more of I guess you could say like a YouTube video viewer and okay. stuff like that. But um but yeah but podcasts were never I don't know they just weren't as, I guess they weren't as popular as they are now and last year I want to say before 2018 I don't think nearly as many people were listening to them probably a lot of people but just not as like now I feel like everyone's starting one or listening to a podcast which is really cool because podcasts are awesome and that's what I ended up discovering and I started thinking, oh, maybe I'll start my own. My friend's was um, pop culture related and that wasn't always, I didn't think that was always gonna be my niche necessarily. She was um, more into like movie reviews than pop culture. And I just didn't have as much to offer as she did. I, I didn't think I would contribute as much if I would ever become a permanent host. So I started my own and originally it was gonna be like more self-help or psychology related. I've, um, I was going for my master's in psychology in clinical psychology. So I wanted to kind of gear it towards there. And um, so that's how it kind of started. And it started with some personal friends as guests. And then it kind of just evolved into what it is today. It, <laughs> you know, we talked about, um, before this, we talked about how I have certain segments now and things like that. And honestly, I just started, I started researching talk shows on TV and I started just researching what types of um, things that they did to kind of keep it engaging or keep it entertaining. So it wasn't always um, just like one hour plus of a monotone type conversation. I wanted to keep it a little bit, you know, kind of keep you like a little bit on your toes and stuff like that. So I started, listening back to my show and kind of just changing it along that lines and just, um, but still making sure that any guests who are on, they still can promote themselves and get out whatever they want to get out. Okay. And I have a question here because you just made me draw this up. Would you mind dropping that podcast that you were formerly on so the audience can go back and check on you there? I can. Um, It was called The Spilled Tea. Okay. Is Is there a tag on Instagram about that? So, so long story short, um, this person and I are not friends anymore. But I'll still shout out the name though. It was The Spill Tea by Emmy Morgan. Um, that is the podcast. I think it's still running. They were, um, she was taking a break for a little bit. It might still be running. I don't know. But, um, but that was, yeah, I don't remember any of the tags though unfortunately okay well that's fine people you can check that out if you'd like to uh frank is everywhere all right so frank what brought you to my attention um 
once I started doing more of this podcast collide, because we had talked about collaborating earlier and um, scheduling has actually worked in my favor and uh, worked in your favor. You have segments on this show. And, and that was one of the key things because every person I bring in for podcast collides, it's because of a specialty you have with, within podcasting. Cause like I had one person on there, she is very good with hashtags and SEO. So I brought her on to talk about that because that's something that a lot of podcasters that are just getting started, not in the middle. Well, some people in the middle, but starting out and halfway to the middle, they don't know about that kind of stuff. But with you, you have segments. And I am one to say this. I listened to your podcast. Um, I went through season two and season three. And a little bit of season one, I listened to like, you know, two episodes in there. And you can see a transition. But your segments, explain to me about Frankly Speaking and Phone a Friend. Tell us about how you got the idea to do segments. So, yeah, so originally, like I said, it um, I was kind of researching talk shows at first just to see what um, what types of things they do. And I mean, talk shows do, they do like games and they, I'm trying to think of a specific example. Um, Wendy Williams, she, okay. does, she does her hot seat or whatever. Like that's one of her main segments, I guess. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, you know, like that's a, that's become such a popular segment. I'm not necessarily a big, I'm not like a big fan of Wendy Williams or her show, but I know she is a, she has a very successful show and that's a very popular segment. So I started thinking like, oh, you know, like maybe I should start coming up with segments that I would really enjoy doing and that the audience would maybe really enjoy too. I could kind of test the waters, see how it goes. So I just was brainstorming and um, phone a friend was, I don't even remember exactly how I came up with the name. I think so where um where I where I live, I moved in with a roommate and they still have um cord phones. Oh whoa. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean not cord phone um landlines. Landlines, okay. Landline. Yeah, sorry. Not, <laughs> not <laughs> full cord. It's cordless, but it's still a landline, which a lot of people don't have anymore. Um and I remember looking at that phone and I was like, and I remember um, when I was a kid, one of my best friends and I, we used to talk every day on a phone. That wasn't a cell phone. We didn't have cell phones back then. I'm 28, so I didn't. Oh, yeah, so you're last now. generation. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, I didn't get a cell phone until I was 12, and it was a flip phone. So, I, you know, like, I, it's so crazy how it's changed. <laughs> yeah. But, but I digress. So I remember thinking about how I always loved those conversations and phoning my friend and I was like oh you know like that could be a segment when I talk to guests because I love the one thing I love about having guests on the show is something that I didn't love years ago when I was shy but meeting being able to meet new people around the world that maybe you wouldn't have met in your daily life situation I've talked to a couple people who are who aren't even in this country it's just really interesting how different all of us are, but then some of the same core values that a lot of us share. It's been really cool getting to know new people like that. So I decided that was going to be a segment. Frankly speaking, was kind of like another, like, let me be frank. It's those little like catchphrases on being honest and being open. I, that was my number one goal with the show. I really wanted it to be open and honest because watching talk shows or, and it's no shade to, sh to talk shows or anything, but shows that I've seen on TV, they can be so censored with what they talk about. 
And I was like, I really want to get into things. I want it to be raw. I want it to be unfiltered. So that was kind of the beginning of the premise of the show. And then I was like, I'm going to call that Frankly Speaking, where I really just ask people honestly. I'm like, you can pretty much just say anything that you're comfortable with saying on the show. And, um, and now, Frankly Speaking, I kind of was starting to bring back the self-help again because I started pulling my audience to see if they missed the stuff related to psychology and self-help and a lot of them did. So I was like, okay, I'm going to test it for the month of February to see how that goes. And that's been, yeah, going really well. And I'm happy that you checked out um, season two and three of my show. I, you know, thank you a lot for that. And I'm always open to like different criticisms, I guess, or constructive criticism because being a writer as well, I think it's really important to at least be open-minded. You don't have to take every single note that someone tells you, but at the end of the day, when it comes to a podcast show or when it comes to a book, you want it to sell. And if it's not good, it's not going to sell. So I would rather, <laughs> to me, like being able to sell something is more important than any like personal hurt ego or anything like that. Right. Because like I said, uh, one thing I was going to that I would like to talk about, but I'm going to go back into this phone a friend segment um, as a podcaster and as someone that goes a little bit deeper, like with the consultant stuff I do with that phone a friend, you do a, a tactic that is not taught in podcasting. You build an intimacy with your audience with something like that. And that is so hard of a concept to let people know that are doing podcasts. And that's one thing I want to thank you on once again, because it's so hard to do that. Like I, I would have to, at first I was reviewing, doing random stuff on my podcast. And then when I started doing personal stuff that happened to me, like just letting people know a little bit more about me, the person behind the questions, uh, I, that's how I built my intimacy, but you just did it. Like you had built it in your other seasons, but this season here that I see here, that phone a friend, just, it, it kind of just, it, it, it warms up. He's like, man, Frank could be my um, homie down the street. He could be uh, my wingman when I go out, you know, it gives you that kind of feeling there. And that's hard for, uh, you know, you just can't explain that to someone how to build that kind of intimacy. Um, so here's my question to you. How in your regular portion of your podcast, how do you um, decide like episode format, like for your guests, like how do you pick your guests? Cause when we do these podcasts a lot, it's, it's kind of like we're doing like a seminar or a tutorial on how to help people uh, figure out certain type of guests for what they, what their messages are trying to get out. How do you decide your episode format? Yes. I, and that's a good question. I, so when it comes to like getting, I'm trying to think what to get in first episode format or guests. Um, I guess, well, I'll get into the guests quick. So okay. with, the, with the guests, season one was more so personal friends. I think a lot of at least shows that I've listened to or watched, a lot of shows kind of start that way. because Oh, yeah, everybody, organic. It's, yeah, it's, it's exactly organic. It's easy to get a friend or even get your mom or something, like get someone that you know really well under the show. Like, please just like, come on, <laughs> you know, because your show doesn't have a reputation yet. It's just starting. So I think it kind of helps to do that or it's a little bit easier to do that. Um, and I realized, especially after season one, I, what I like to do after each season now is I like to sit down. I'm a team of one at the moment. Okay. I pretty much do everything on my own, unfortunately, for now. That'll change in the future. But I kind of go into a meeting, but it's just myself. And I, <laughs> go, I go over what I believed went well and what could have went better. 
with after each season to try to improve it for the next one. Um, so with like season one to season two, it was things like adding video I wanted to try to do and um, reaching out to different guests who I didn't personally know. I was a little nervous at first to try to just randomly reach out to people that never met me. I didn't want them to think I was some solicitor or something, but <laughs> I, you know, I worked up the courage to just, you know, be able to message people. I joined, there's a website called matchmaker.fm. I highly recommend there. It's a whole pool. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, if you haven't been using it, there's a whole pool of different podcast shows and guests that want to be on shows. So I highly recommend that resource to people. I'm not one of those people that I can't stand personally. I just can't stand when people, if they have some sort of success in something, they don't like to share it to other people, the knowledge or whatever information, or they charge you for it. I don't know. Personally, for me, I'm not one of those types of people. I'm like, this is what I do, or this is what I use. And I want you to be just as successful, if not more. Um, so so yeah, so um, matchmaker.fm, it's not a dating site because <laughs> 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 it sounds just like it. But, it does sound like a dating site. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's um, yeah, some guy, I forgot the guy's name, but he created it not too long ago, I think. And it's a really, I think it's a really good platform. It's how I've been able to connect with a lot of people or how a lot of guests have been able to reach out to me, which is, it's always cool when, you don't have to search for the guests it, as much. It's nice when people are just starting to come to you like, hey, I wanna be on the show. It's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> like that's, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, but then at the same time, I guess some advice too is sometimes you yeah, have to, I guess, be, you have to have some sort of standard on who you want on your show. Um, with my type of show, it's, I guess a weakness maybe you could say about my show is the niche is kind of loose. I'm not the best at, having a specific niche um, okay and, and see that's something that, that i was saying like that i like to get out there so like podcasts for know because like everyone knows like me i'm a real general when it comes to this stuff like i have i don't there's one podcast that i like in particular she had me actually fill out a sheet like an interview sheet uh of why i should be on her podcast this this and that and i took that i was like wow you know that's really impressive i'll take that down the road um yeah. with me though like I, I follow so many different um like screening process like um, at some point in your show, like we both know there's guests that I seek and then there's guests that come, like you say, um, the guests that come to me, those are the ones that are the hardest for me because I have to like go and look at them. And I, I have this, I have actually a system that I worked out a social media, uh, science to you. Um, I've got to look at where you are. Cause like some people, when a business professional comes to me nine times out of 10, they're not going to have the strongest, uh, Instagram, Facebook, even Tumblr. And I threw that one in there. Um, following but on linkedin or whatever uh they may have like nine thousand followers but i have to see how that translates over to my business so if it's a guest that i seek out it's wholly totally different because obviously we do our research on them but the guest that seeks me out i really have to and you, you do this too probably i really have to sit down and look at hey what is the what is the value inside this guest and where can we both benefit because too many people think that um, and this is guest wise, and I, and I want your opinion on this. I've had guests that reach out to me, and they're clout chasers. They're looking for you have a certain amount of listeners. They have ten followers, four people on Facebook following them. And I don't mind being the person to to help someone that's an upstart if 
I can get behind it. But if someone comes to me and, you know, I see that they're not pushing the advertising muscle and stuff like that, I kind of take a back seat to them and explain to them. I don't reject them, but I, I explain to them, I'm like, hey, if you want to do the show with me, I'm going to show you my um, commercial arm. If you can match my energy, let's do it. If you know that you're not going to match my energy, but you still want to go for the ride, I'll have you, but we got to see where it's going to go. And I'm going to put your episode out when I'm ready. So do you have any of those type of issues going on? Like with guests, like a guest that seeks you out, do you do research on them to see um, where they can fit in or if it's a good match? Yeah, I, yes, I do. Um, There's been, and I'm, I'm not going to, I mean, because at least you didn't ask for the names, but I was going to say, I'm not going to just name the guests that maybe I had this altercation with. I just, I don't want to get, you know, like, I don't yeah, want to do <laughs> We don't want to look like my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but there, um, we'll say, yeah, there's been a guest or two that, because I think when it came to guests at first, I was kind of almost maybe a little too nice or naive and was just like, I mean, even to this day, I'm still honored when people want to be on the show. But like you said, too, you know, there's certain people are maybe clout chasing or you just got to like do your research on. And there was a person or two where I figured it out after we had recorded that they they reach out to the one thing with my show it, that I like to do and all shows are different is I I like it to be open and like open conversation, conversation type things, not necessarily have things so scripted, um, except for maybe when I'm reading a question or something, or if they're reading like social media or whatever. But I noticed this guest or two, they, they were reaching out to like hundreds of different shows and they just wanted to repeat the same points and um we're just looking for it was like a it was yeah it was self-gain which i mean i can't i'm not gonna hate on a hundred percent you know i get like people gotta do what they gotta do i guess but um it you know it is kind of i i was realizing my i think my audience was noticing that it was a little superficial compared to other content on the show and those episodes did do worse than a lot of the other ones. And I was like, that is interesting, you know, because um, people aren't stupid, you know, like, yeah. you know, like we're all, I, I like to view everyone as equal and even us being a podcast host, we're also podcast listeners. So, and, you know, they, our audience might not all be podcast hosts, but they're still, I have faith in, in podcast listeners and just audiences in general that, they're not dumb, most of them, and they know they know what's up. They're some of our best critics at times, um, not all the time, not when they're bullying. But, <laughs> but I just, um, yeah. So the sorry, I kind of got off track, but um, I do do research on. I definitely do research on guests now. I um, some good surprises with that as well, though. Is there's also been a guest or two that they almost had no internet presence whatsoever. And I thought like, okay, like this probably won't do really well at all, but like, whatever, like they're, they're a guest and I, I know them, like it was someone personal or it was someone I, I found interesting personally that was like, you know, I just want them on my show, whatever, like screw it, whatever. If it, if it gets to play, it's whatever. Um, those episodes did really well. And so I, it made me realize that it's not always about um, a social presence. It really is about the conversation, what they're saying, and just, yeah, it's more to it than just the numbers. 
Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with that. Because like I said, I've had one or two that have been like that. But for that one or two, I've had six that have, you know, not done so well. Yeah. So, so um, another thing I need to ask you, um, and once again, like I said, this is a, also a tutorial for um, fledging podcasters and podcasters that are working right now. Um, when you go back over your material for each season, each season, you see a certain type of growth. Um, and specifically, because I want to go in depth, this is kind of like the Barbara Walters type questions right now on those Diane Sawyer <laughs> stuff right now. Um, in between season two and three, and I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way, but season two to three, it seems like you got way more creative. Oh, Your okay. concepts, like it's like, it's like, did you, after season two, did you sit back for a little bit and you're like, hey, these things worked, but these things did better. So season three is just going to be um, a culmination of all that. What were specific things from season two to season three that you changed? It's really interesting that you mentioned that. And it's things that I I personally don't, I don't, I guess I don't think about my audience thinking about how they think about my show, which I probably should more because <laughs> that's really important. And it's interesting you mentioned that because during season two, like the one big difference between season two and season three is that season three, I scheduled a lot more things ahead of time and had planned things better and ahead of time. <laughs> Where season two, I noticed um, my, there'd be a day I would have like three, four interviews every hour. Like, well, not every, like I'd have one interview, then the next hour I'd have another one, then another one all in the same day. And that was, and the guests I was getting on, not all of them, but it was starting to, I don't think my stand, my standards were maybe as high or my research maybe wasn't conducted as well when it came to guests. So I started, I think I kind of just started accepting um, whoever was reaching out to me at that time. And I was starting to feel burnt out by doing all this work um, and not having it planned ahead of time. Like I, like if I was recording all those episodes, they were pretty much due like that week or next week. Like there wasn't really enough time to really polish it. And you and maybe you can even tell like if you're watching it or listening to it, I just, by the time I get to like the third or fourth interview in that same day, I just be so exhausted. <laughs> yeah, cause it's a lot of work. Yeah, and, and as a host too, you know, people might think, oh, well the guest does a lot of talking and the host doesn't do as much. There's, it's just, yeah, there's a lot more work that sometimes people don't realize behind the scenes or and just still like the host has to put an input as well on their own show so there yeah there is a lot to it and it was getting very draining and that season I also just added video for the first time and going into all this I really didn't know what I was doing <laughs> if I'm gonna be a hundred percent let me be frank <laughs> yeah let, let's be frank real quick <laughs> like I had no idea I've been learning it was a huge learning curve to do anything and everything. I mean, even right now, my green screen's not even fully. <laughs> I mean, it's, up in it's, it's looking great right now. Thank you. <laughs> but, I, you know, there's always something to work on, too. I like to look at it. And then there's always good things going on, too. But, um, yeah, so I think, like, that was a main thing between season two and three that I had to look back. Um, a lot of technical difficulties during season two because like I said I was just starting out video and I 
for example, like during an interview, the camera would just die. I, was using, <laughs> I uh, which is the worst for people, like people with personal experience, you know, um, like right now I'm using um, webcam and stuff, but I was using a separate camera as well, a lot more in season two, but it would just always die. It would overheat. And um, so trying to figure out like how it wouldn't overheat anymore. And like, I, like thinking back now, season two, I probably was getting frustrated a lot more than I did this season, which maybe decreased my passion <laughs> and like okay. my energy. It might have tired me out, or I was probably starting to get frustrated. Right, and, and, and like I was saying, and, and I always tell people when I when I give someone a critique, the critique that I gave you, I never put a positive or negative connotation in it. I, I say that you know you can see a, a growth there, and uh, the one thing that, that that I can take away from this, and I'll pass this along to other podcasters. It, if you do get a chance to go through season two and season three, you can hear you can hear a difference in your voice, a difference in the cadence and how you're doing things and how you're you're captivating with your questions. You can tell a major difference in that. And that, that's one thing that separates uh, certain podcast hosts from uh, co-hosts, because some people on their own shows, and I know this may sound crazy to you, are actually just co-host on their show, and the guest is really the host. And on your show, it's not that case. You are the host. You ask the captivating questions. You keep them tied in. And that's something that I always try to pass along to people that do the Q&A type deal like we do. Um, niche podcasts or niche, whatever one you want to say, um, like true crime and stuff like that, it's harder because they're telling a story, and you're going to have to listen to whatever tone they are. So, um a hard question. This is your Barbara Walters question. What has been the most difficult thing for you to overcome while doing your podcasting? Hmm. Most, the most difficult thing to overcome. Yes. Um, and while you do that, I'm going to throw a little spiel in here. Um, okay. In my case, to answer this question, my hardest thing is that I realized that I was way too passionate with the advertising. I One show I gave my heart to and that show tanked. And it started building up those walls that I had with my guests and explaining my advertising uh, purposes and what I want them to do for me inside of that stuff. You know, why I advertise the way I do the, and continuously will do it for six weeks and different things like that. Um, because like, I can't blame the other person for not helping me, but in my first few episodes in season two, I was getting guests that I that I didn't pay attention to anything. I was just happy to have some some new fresh guests, and I'd do the podcast, I'd advertise it, and they wouldn't do anything with it. Six weeks later, I, I would get a letter uh, email. I said a letter. I, it might as well be a letter. I'll get an email saying, "Hey, how'd the podcast do? Um, can you send me some links?" And uh, the hardest thing for me was was that I had to learn to take a step back advertise a little bit here and there but when you're advertising if you're giving a show a four-week drop before i mean a four-week advertisement drop before it happens to slowly put one out here and there remind people or repurpose stuff like you do that's another thing i want to talk about in a minute if you don't mind repurpose old episodes then put a little bit more in but don't go all gorilla crazy with it and have a story here and instagram here and twitter there that was the hardest thing for me was to calm down my advertising because i was doing way too much <laughs> i i've actually I've, i did that as well um i noticed the audience was decreasing and i didn't really understand why 
at first I immediately kind of assume like maybe it's the content or maybe it's the quality of the show because that and that could be you know the reason but yeah the I realized it was the advertising it was a little excessive I was really sending it out to everyone all the time and I think it it does it definitely turns people off and they're like okay like I don't need 17 notifications about the same episode in the same day <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah um but no for me now that I thought about it a little bit I the hardest thing was definitely when it came to the technical issues and editing I would really beat myself up over that and I would especially if I had a guest and something went wrong on my end like sound maybe or because that's happened or the video stopped recording or something like that um, for example I had a whole episode I recorded and I and the and it wasn't recording the entire time oh wow <laughs> and we had to reshoot and luckily it was a personal friend so it didn't hurt me to ask as much but that that type of stuff really I felt really embarrassed about that because I'm like oh man you know I'm trying to look somewhat professional to people and this makes me look like such an amateur or like little mistakes like that um so I taught myself not to beat myself up as much about that and to just keep learning and growing because it happens, you know, like we're going to make mistakes or technical difficulties might happen. You kind of just have to keep rolling with it and not, um, cause I would start to question, not just like myself, but like, why am I doing this still? Like when it would keep like messing up a lot of that happened during season two, because I was trying to change a lot of different things from season one to two. And, um, and yeah, I would just get frustrated. A little bit but yeah I just had to remind myself that that's just part of the thing and I realized too that I really have grown to love podcasting and that I don't want to stop it so um yeah those definitely that would probably be my biggest one because when it comes to guests or the advertising I don't think those affected me as much or took it as personally but that stuff felt like things that I should have had more control over so i like i felt like i failed or like it was or i was disappointing myself okay now going in deeper what has been your greatest triumph with podcasting um and i'll give you a little time to think about it. i'll do a little spiel with me real quick i think my greatest triumph uh was overall was uh and it's probably the the worst thing that's happened to me thus far um I had a little dispute out there in the world and um, I got aired out on Instagram and um, me, me not being professional. And this is one thing I will state on this podcast. I wasn't very professional about it. I reposted it because that's just our nature. If someone says something bad about you, you repost it. Cause I want people to know up front what someone said about me. Cause I, I always wanted to, I always had this feeling that if someone uh, felt so comfortable about saying something about me behind my back, um, and it's in some type of red form. Well, let me put it out there for someone to see. Um, my greatest triumph was that people actually got behind me because uh, in, in our in our community, and that is the podcasting community, guys, um, we're kind of tight knit when it comes to how we support each other, you know. And um, that was my greatest triumph was that I really never took I took it for granted the support because any of the shout outs I do or any of that little creative stuff I do, I have free time to do it. So I don't 
look anything past it. Because if I'm listening to your podcast, like I tell everybody with the job I do, a lot of times I travel by car, I've got 10, eight hour drives to certain places. Yeah. Um, so I got time to listen to your podcast. I got time to review it by myself with you not there, you know? I'm like, I like this episode, but the one before that was certain quality. I'll say that to myself, but you know, if it's a good podcast, I'm going to definitely get behind it and support it. And I'll never let anyone know that I don't support it. But my greatest triumph was that the community was behind me in this little issue I had because I kind of felt like, you know, I was thrown under a bus. I was like, I never care about the merit of what I do for someone or how I carry myself uh, with people. But I always try to have a certain standard, you know, you know, me and you talk business before we even got in this podcast. And um uh, just let me be frank for a second. I always try to be clear cut and concise with everything, you know? Yeah. So what's your greatest triumph been Frank doing a podcast? So it's going to, I feel like it might not sound too big, but it's very special and important to me. The greatest triumph and it, it's going to sound weird too, I guess, because it has nothing to do with numbers or income or any of that stuff that is important for having a, a successful show one of my greatest triumphs were all the people who have messaged me and said, wow, I, this show has really touched me or this episode really has, um, you know, it really changed my thought process on this certain issue or it's those personal um, reviews, whether they reviewed it on iTunes or whatever, or they told me personally, like that stuff remind it definitely reminded me why I like doing what I do and to me like that's definitely one of the biggest triumphs for me because it let me know okay people they're not only listening but people are actually enjoying it too and I'm like oh you know thank god because <laughs> like, sometimes you just never know like sometimes it can feel like dead silence where you're recording and you're posting and you get some likes maybe on social media but no one's really personally maybe no one's telling you personally that they do enjoy it but they're maybe they're just keeping it to themselves. So when people actually do tell you, they go out of their way to tell you they enjoy the show or this and that, like it means so much to me. Like that feels like a success. And, and that right there, I like that. And that's what podcasts are supposed to be, how you can help someone. Um, yeah. So you said a, a word that um, kind of threw me off guard. You, you said the word success. Now you just made a question for yourself out of this. Um what is success for you and how is success measured for you? Um, because a lot of people do it like this. I'll tell you my success. My success is, uh, I stated it today. Um, I've worked hard enough to where I've completed season four uh, with this interview and one more today. Season five is complete, no matter how I do it. So I probably won't have another true actual episode inside of my normal episodes beyond these specialties um, until July or August. That's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of where I measured my success. My success was that I like I work, I'm a workhorse like you, like you did do a ton of interviews. Um, I can sit back and say, uh, look at trends and insights. Cause I, I look at those numbers. Like I said, never worry about the money. That's nothing we're worried about. But I do look at how it goes high and low on things. In certain episodes, you know, people don't necessarily care about it. Like no one wants to hear about um Tony's X-Men collection from 1992, but they do want to hear about Tony's new. Cyclops helmet that he just got from Comic-Con. Just a minor difference in things, you know, and, and you catch those things. So what what is it? What's success for you and how do you measure it? So, and yeah, once again, another good question. And yeah, success is different for for everyone. I know 
maybe for certain celebrities, like success is a certain amount of money or whatever. Like that's how a lot of people define success is money or um, certain numbers online, numbers on social media. Um, specifically, I guess what I would say is followers for people is it's become so important. Like, wait, like the number has become more important than the actual value of the people. Like people I think care more about a hundred thousand followers and maybe half of them are bots or accounts that aren't even liking your stuff or buying whatever from you. They just care about that number, like the vanity of it over the actual quality, which is something I don't view as success. Um, I, yeah, success to me, there, one with success, there has to be happiness. Like that's one of like peace and happiness are part of my success. If I'm not stressing out a lot, like that's success <laughs> for me. If I went through the day and I trigger warning, didn't want to kill myself, that's a success. <laughs> okay. Um, but I like for me, yeah, I guess it's not always the monetary things that I view as success. It's even, and like you said too, with getting way ahead on your schedule, that's definitely, I definitely view that as, as success. Like I'm pretty much wrapped up with my um, season three. That's the season I'm currently on. And it feels great. It feels so good. And I'm seeing more and more podcast hosts um, in, admitting or announcing that they're ahead of schedule by a lot. And that's like great. Cause I think about like, that's so much less stress that that individual has to feel and stress can just kill someone. And that's something I experienced so much in past jobs, working the nine to five and everything. Like it was, it was always stress and I didn't feel any success. So doing, doing what you love is to me, that's successful and being happy is successful. And even if you're not happy in this moment, but you're working on it, you're trying to strive and you set goals that you want to achieve and you try to follow through those goals past the month of January, like that's success to me. Okay. I like that. And um, here's a major thing. What are your goals in the future? What are your next future endeavors? Because you hit over to um, your Instagram and you have something crazy going on there. You have a link there that takes you over to frankanthonybooks.com. Okay. Yep. When you get over there, there's a lot of things going on. Blogs, stuff about your podcast, stories, merchandise, um, and another few things uh, to follow. So what is in store for you in the future? What are your, your goals and what are your future endeavors? So one thing that I, well, the main two things that I've really been working on this year, last year going into this year, I had to, I really had to ask myself, am I doing things that I love? And the answer a lot of the time was no. Like I would be doing, for example, I, I have this little online shop that's not on my website or anything. I just do it on the side and it makes me good money. So I think that's why I like doing it. It's fun just selling things like that. Do I, is that my main passion though? Do I love it? No, I love to write and I love doing the podcast. So I'm really putting, I'm putting a lot more time and energy into those two things because I have tried and tried and tried to write a book and never finished the book. And I only have like a few po poems published. I don't have an actual novel released yet, 
even though I have a website, it's very, it's a huge oxymoron. I have a okay. books.com and there's no books. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. You're like, people can jam me. It's cool. But I, so one of my main goals is to publish a book this year. That's definitely one of my main ones. And to, yeah, and to increase my audience with the podcast and to be able to reach out to other areas, something that it's starting to mesh with me, whether we talked about this before we recorded or during, <laughs> but we talked, you talked about um, your audience's age, the age groups. And I, the 18 to 24 range is an audience. I also don't have nearly as many listeners compared to the older age groups. Like that's an age group I struggle with. So that's something that I'm working on as well to like, how, how, how do I get to the young yet? <laughs> yeah, because it, it's so crazy with me, like, that that 18 to 24-year-old group is the lowest percentage of listeners. I have people that are almost the same age as Tom, and they they listen. They're, they're heavy followers. They're involved with everything. Something about that 18 to 24-year-old mark, you know, I went on TikTok. I just can't sit up there and shuck and drive, jive and dance and do all this extra stuff. Uh, Cause I, and it's nothing about integrity. It's just like that group, I, for some reason, I just can't touch them and I don't know how to reach them. Uh, and I can talk to somebody the same age as me or same age as you. And we can talk about how to reach them, but we really don't know how to reach them. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I, I kind of had to stray away from those guys um, and gals and um just not worry with that. Also, one thing that was interesting on your uh, site that I got to look at uh, probably about 45 minutes before I got to talking to you, you have some quality blogs on there. And I like that you have you. Uh, that trigger warning. I, I like that. That's uh, one of those deals where I like that you let the audience know that this opinion may not work for you. It may curve you in the wrong direction uh, in your heart, or it'll curve you in the right direction, which is, you know, whatever it is. So um, with that, I want to tell you thank you. And um, what I do at the very end of these uh, podcast collides, I, I give you a quick testimonial about yourself. Um, so you, you got to get your good listening mirrors on for this one. He's got a nice set of headphones on there. Um, what's great about you, and this is your testament, is this. Um, you set out here, you provide a product. You provide more than a product with the intimacy of how you segment your episodes. You go a step further with your fan interaction. Obviously, you can tell from what you said. Um, reaching out and touching people and continuously growing in that. Being humble in the sense to take criticism and to carry yourself with a well-mannered is something that can't be taught, something that can't be bought. So take that in your heart and know that there's not that many people like you out here um, that can do that. You have so many people out here that sell themselves short, become um, the word I hate to use, but they become fake. They become a persona of, of somebody else, not the person that they should be. Um, as a fan, um, as a colleague in the podcasting, I want to thank you for having a quality show. You have quantity, but your quality is enough that if you did 100 episodes of crap tomorrow, those seasons two, one, two, and three, there's enough quality there that people will be like, man, I see why he's doing what he's doing now. He made it to the top. So I want to thank you, Frank, 
And um, I was glad to have you on Podcast Collage. Is there anybody special in your life or people or things or items or whatever? Because I'm materialistic. I have I keep this microphone in a bag as a symbol of that. I'm going to make it one day. Um, but is there anybody or any or things or whatever that you want to send a shout out to that have helped you along the way? Because everybody has somebody. I had my mother. My mother likes every other podcast. So it pushes me to interview them podcast, get them on here and then go forward with it from there. Yeah, no, I definitely, sorry, you, <laughs> you made me tear up, <laughs> um, which I don't like to admit all the time, but at the, but I'm going to be, you know, I'm being open and honest, you know, yes. um, that, that really means, that means the world to me. Um, you don't, you know, everything you just said, you don't, I, at least I don't hear that every day or even every week or every month even. So that means so, 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 so much. And I appreciate that so much. You're welcome. Every, you're welcome always. And everything that you're doing um, has been great too. I've checked out a few episodes so far. I need to, the problem is I have too many shows. I've got to kind of declutter my show. <laughs> um, and I have to, I definitely, yeah, want to, I'm going to check out more of your show on a regular Well, well let me ask you this. Let me ask you to do something better than that. Let's not worry about my show. I want you to go out there and find another show. Just any show that's just random. Scroll down Facebook today and just go, not Facebook, I'm in Instagram, go, or however you, your phone sound makes. Stop on a podcast. If you give them the same energy that other people have put into your podcast, that's the best thing that you could do. Because my episodes, I'm not bragging or anything like that. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about that that community feeling that we have passed on through other episodes, through other shows. You may find something that's outside your niche. Like you might find, are you, are you good at cooking? No. <laughs> you may find a cooking podcast that is just hilarious. Pass that on to them, but let's get back in there. Who do you want to give a special thank you to? Um, if there was, if there's one person that I could shout out out of everyone, it'd probably be, my she's not just my producer but she's one of my best friends i would definitely shout out monica um i won't say her full name <laughs> because um of her job but yes um but she what do i say like i said i don't want to tear up but she um she is such an amazing person in general and she's done amazing work for the community and she's been such an amazing friend you know for example with the pandemic and everything and how so many people have um, lost their jobs or they were um, laid off or whatever, you know, I, you know, I was one of those people I worked in retail. So I went through that and she, she was there um, emotionally, financially, physically. So that's someone I would give a huge shout out to. She's actually, she's been a guest a couple of times okay. on, my, on my show too. It'll come up Monica Lee. Um, so she, and whenever I have her on an episode, it's just been great too. But yeah, overall, she's, yeah, definitely somebody I give a shout out to. She's just an awesome person that cares. So she's just yeah, very compassionate and cares so much about other people and people who know her personally, they would all say the same thing. Okay. All right. Now, 
there comes a point at the end of all of the shows, it doesn't matter if it's podcast collides, controversy sells. Um, I had this rapper on. He can solve in a Rubik's Cube in 40 seconds. I wow. have a, I had a lady on uh, that goes into Goodwill stores and thrift stores and buys artwork, puts rhinestones and glitter on it. And she resells these things and makes money off of it. Uh, I'm actually thinking about buying a piece of work from her. So, hmm. Frank, it's time for you to give back to the audience. Okay. What is your secret or your hidden talent that no one knows about you? Because remember, everyone has a secret. So it's time for you to re- reveal yours or your talent. And that's, see, and that's hard for me because I've been so open about things, or at least I always think about, I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, there's some, there's at least one person that knows about my secret talents. For one, I really love to bake and I feel like I'm a really good baker, but I know a couple people that personally know that I guess it's not like a big secret to the world but it I think maybe not everyone knows about that but definitely like um cooking I suck at I've literally set I would set cereal on fire (laughs) (laughs) if possible but baking I my mom always showed me how to bake and stuff so baking was definitely uh you know something I was able to develop and make it into something I'm pretty good at or like a secret talent I guess you could say. Um, besides that, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard when it comes to secrets. At, le- at least, like, the positive stuff about me, I don't really have secrets okay. <laughs> as much. Because, um, yeah, I mean, there'd be singing, but I've been po- I've been posting more singing lately <laughs> okay. publicly. Um, but that was something that I guess was a secret for a while, was that I love to sing and have... Um, I made it into, there's this thing called District Choir okay. and Allstate, and I made it into those, and I won the, there was a choral award for high school graduation, I won that, and when I won that, people were like, what the hell, like, they had no idea even saying, they were like, why did he get this award, <laughs> but, but that was something I was, you know, really passionate about, and that was kind of like a hidden talent, but now I've been singing more publicly recently i've been making little videos or little tiktoks to try to you know be in all the little platforms and stuff <laughs> yeah because that tiktok is one of those things that just gets me like it, it, you have to be entertaining to be on there so i'm glad that we know the secret about you and always remember this with a secret that you tell um sometimes not every audience member of yours or mine knew this so now they know now so once again frank with the podcast let me be frank i need you to do me one quick favor before we get off the air Yep. You got a plug where everybody can find you. <laughs> That's something we probably should have done earlier, but definitely can you plug everywhere where you're at that everybody can find you? I'll try I'll try to just do the main ones. I have probably way too many links, but you you actually did a really good job. You had already mentioned there's frankanthonybooks.com. That's the main website that really I tried to make the home base so that you could get to everything from that one place. But sometimes not everyone knows that and they just kind of catch certain social media platforms. Um, for example, Instagram is Frank Podcast. That's the podcast Instagram. My personal one was the Frank Anthony books that I try anything that's not podcast related. I try to keep over there. The worlds were kind of meshing a little too much at Uh-oh. one point. So I was like, let me just keep them separate. You know, not everyone wants to hear about the podcast 24 seven. They should, but <laughs> they don't. And that's okay. But um Facebook was also Frank Anthony Books. 
I my personal one for that is Frank's Fiction, which I use more. Honestly, Facebook. No offense to Facebook, it's just dying, in my opinion. And I'll tell everybody it's a relic right now. Yeah, like I just I feel like it's not it it's my my biggest audience, or at least the most followers I have are actually on Facebook, surprisingly. And I have a really big audience there, but I just I don't know. Like with the website lately, I feel like my stuff isn't maybe getting out as much or I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like Facebook itself or I'm noticing more people starting to dip out though, unfortunately, but um, yeah, those are my main ones. And then I'd probably just say, yeah, my, I have my merch store. It'd be cool if you guys, anyone listening, if you bought some merch that just helps support the show and yeah. Keep everything going. All right. So thank you once again, Frank from let me be Frank podcast for being on there. Thank, thank you. you. And we're signing off. All right.